This episode is dedicated to 501st Legion Honorary Member Richard LaPermentier, who will forever be known for his iconic portrayal of Admiral Mahdi in Star Wars A New Hope, and as a true friend to his many fans around the world. On April 15th, fate and its sorcerer's ways took him from us all too soon. Buckets off, troopers. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 73 for May 2013, and I'm your host, Nikki, DZ8397. And hello again, this is Scott, SL9854. So the 501st Legion is currently at 6,222 members with 10,436 approved costumes in the Legion. And I also noticed we have 2,525 stormtroopers specifically. I don't know why I took note of that number, but I did. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So in this episode, our Chinese garrison rubs elbows with Lucasfilm CEO. Australian units overtake Dreamworld. Capital City garrison raises big bucks for Make-A-Wish, eh? And special guest friend of the Legion, Trey Pink 5 Stokes. So stay tuned. So we'd like to start the show with a few updates from our honorary member department. In case you haven't heard already, Shannon McRandall, a.k.a. Mara Jade, is fighting cancer. So please send her your thoughts and prayers as she goes through intensive chemotherapy, followed by radiation and then surgery. And please stay strong, Shannon. On May 1st, we welcome two new honorary members, Star Wars, the Clone Wars CG and FX supervisor, Joel Aaron, and Lucasfilm video production editor, Kevin Yost. Old Line Garrison helped induct two new friends of the Legion, Rod and Leanne Hanna of Blue Milk Special, so be sure to check out their parody comic serial of the Star Wars saga at www.bluemilkspecial.com. And sadly, just five months after announcing his retirement after 47 years in the media, Constantino Romero passed away at the age of 65. An honorary member of the 501st Legion since 2006, he was recognized for his unforgettable work as the Spanish voice of Darth Vader. Our condolences to his family and friends. Hopefully most of our listeners are familiar with the 501st Legion detachments. If not, here's a quick overview. The 501st Legion has 15 detachments which act as our costume knowledge bases. For example, if you'd like to learn how to build a stormtrooper, we send you to our first Imperial Stormtrooper detachment at whitearmor.net. Darth Vader? Well, that would be our Sith Lord detachment at 501stsithlords.com. Now, until recently, we actually had some characters that didn't have an official home, but we're happy to report that Crate Clan Detachment, which was previously mostly just Tusken Raiders and Jawas, is now also your go-to place if you're interested in constructing the Mos Eisley Spy, Garindan, the Cantina Con Artists, the Tonica Sisters, Jabba the Hutt's Gamorrean Guards, and his Majordomo Bib Fortuna. So head over to CrateClan.com to learn more about all those characters. 
Also, the Expanding Universe Snow Scout and Episode 3 Galactic Marine have been transferred to the Blizzard Force Detachment, where they will both have a new home with their cold-weather brethren. So to see a full listing of all of our detachments, head over to 501st.com slash resources.php. Now, as we mentioned in our last episode, our Russian outpost has developed a new web magazine titled The Empire Monthly. Should have been some music there. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, um, <laughs> the second issue is now live and features Steve Sansweet and our very own. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, yes, it does feature Steve Sansweet, and I had a little uh, something to throw in there as well. We'll have a link to it in our show notes, so take a look. Earlier this month, while members of Midwest Garrison were in downtown Chicago to take pictures in front of famous local landmarks, they caught the eye of WGN's Chicago's Dean Richards. And on a whim, he brought them onto his Sunday morning radio show. So take a listen to hear what happened. So we see many things uh, outside of our Allstate Showcase studio window, uh, many of which we cannot describe to you for decency reasons. But uh, this morning, I'm, uh, I'm peeking out the window, and uh, I see probably uh, 10 Star Wars uh, Stormtroopers. Uh, I'm seeing a Darth Vader. I'm seeing uh, different characters, some, uh, some that I don't uh, recognize. Uh, my apologies to you, Star Wars characters. But they are outside our showcase studio window right now. We dragged them over to uh, our side of the street. Good morning to yeah, you from a galaxy good. far, far away. Good morning. So explain, uh, what are you guys doing exactly? Well, we're members of the Worldwide 501st Legion. Uh, we're a worldwide Star Wars costuming club that does a lot of charity work. And today we're out on a mission to take pictures next to Chicago's biggest landmarks. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so we've gathered a bunch of our members together, Stormtroopers, Biker Scouts, Darth Vader, Boba Fett. And we're, uh, we're heading down to the Bean. We're going to hit maybe the museum campus. Uh, the, the Tribune building, of course. <laughs> you, are, you're, you are at the most powerful radio station in the world, you know. Oh, well, fantastic. You know, there's, you're here, my friend. There's no need to go to a bean uh, once you've uh, been here at WGN. All right, that's a wrap, everybody. Let's go home. <laughs> Hang on now. Wait a minute. So uh, tell me a little about your organization and what you do. I never knew. I, I know Star Wars fans are very enthusiastic, but I'd never heard of uh, you guys. Oh, well, uh, I can give you a really detailed history, but I'll give you the bullet points. Um, we've been around for about 16 years. Uh, it was started by a couple guys with stormtrooper suits who decided they needed an excuse to go out and, uh, and dress up and show off their costuming skills. Like you need an excuse. Right, right. right. Well, I mean, there's only so many movie premieres and comic cons that show up, so... Uh, we, uh, we decided to become kind of a charitable organization. So what we do is we head out to Autism Speaks walks, cancer oh. walks. We do uh, fundraising at birthday parties and that sort of thing. That's really um, nice. Yeah, yeah. We do a lot of stuff for uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, and we have turned our hobby into something, you know, it starts out pretty geeky, but we're giving back to the world. So. That's really nice. Re- yeah. Really nice that you do that. I could, I could see you were on the west side of Michigan Avenue before, and people were going crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you see this group as a whole, for one thing, it's going to catch your eye, but people, uh, you know, were going, you know, running across the street to take pictures with you guys. Well, yeah, it's not it's something exciting. you see every day, I guess. Right. <laughs> okay, so I recognize uh, many of you. And by the way, I don't think I've ever seen a stormtrooper with 
helmet off before. Oh, well, I, uh, I appreciate that so I can hear you. I'm glad speaking. we're not on camera. Otherwise, uh, the emperor <laughs> might have a problem with me. Exactly. So explain, uh, like, you know, some of the other, like, who's, who's this guy over here? Uh, this guy over here, he's an Imperial gunner. He, pu- he pushes the button that blows up Alderaan. Oh. Sorry, I don't remember you. I, don't, I remember. <laughs> He's on screen for about ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but a pivotal role, nonetheless. Absolutely. And then uh, some of these guys over here also. I uh, this is a Tuscan Raider, a sand person, if you will. Oh right, nice uh, to see you again. And we've got we've got a Tie Fighter pilot over here. That guy in the back is from the Star Wars Expanded Universe. His name is Darth Bane. Darth Bane. Yeah, he uh, he's kind of the founder of the Sith. So, uh, and then we got Boba Fett back there. Where's Boba Fett? Hey, Boba. <laughs> Good to see you. And the main man himself is right behind you, Darth yeah, Vader. Absolutely. Stop, step on up here, Darth. Darth, can you talk today? Darth, do you have the? Uh, do you have your little speech thing going on today? I can talk a little bit, but it's relatively quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a little different than when you say this is CNN. He's so mild mannered. <laughs> it's early in the morning. <laughs> Darth Vader has not had his coffee yet, apparently. <laughs> it's hard to drink through that mask. <laughs> those are, are those suits uncomfortable? The costumes uncomfortable? Um, first, so I'm seeing some nods and some shaking of heads. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the, on the body. Depends on the weather. Because uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say some of those costumes as a guy, I would think would be a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, what, the plastic codpiece? The, uh, okay, <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly, the plastic codpiece. Well, we, we customize all of our costumes. They're not built off of, a, off of an assembly line or anything. They're all custom-made, made by our members. So uh, a lot of people do modifications and slight um, adjustments on the inner riggings to make them the most comfortable that they can be for that individual person. I appreciate if you wouldn't say uh, made by our members when you're talking about your plastic codpiece also, by oh, the well. way. <laughs> What it is. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, that, yes. So what? So you're just. Perhaps I should say it was made by our unit. Yeah, well, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a second. So you're, ju- you're just going to be downtown taking pictures in front of landmarks today. That's right. That's right. This is one awesome. of our days for us. But uh, most of the time when we get together, it's always in service of another organization. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really uh, fantastic sure. looking costumes. If people want to get more info on yeah. your group, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can find out more about the worldwide group at 501st.com. That's 501st.com. Okay. Uh, the Illinois chapter is the Midwest Garrison, which is at midwestgarrison.com. They can like us on Facebook at 501st Midwest Garrison. And uh, you can come out and see us at C2E2 at the end of the month. Very good. Thank you for coming by. Thank Thanks you for, for talking with us. May the force be with you. And also with you. Yes, thank you very much. Take a picture in front of Tribute. Take a picture in front of WGM. Gotta get a, done. Yeah, you got to get a <laughs> shot here in front of WGM. My producer, Kevin Powell, is... Uh, Enjoying this a little bit too much outside. He he went outside to bring them over to our side of the uh, street, over to the dark side, as we like to call it. And uh, I think he may have one of those plastic cot pieces on right now. I'm a little disturbed by the whole thing, to tell you the truth. Very cool. All right, let me take a break. Oh, hey, the Star Wars guys will be interested to know. Our uh, one-on-one interview with Han Solo is coming up in just a minute. One-on-one with Harrison Ford. He stars in the new Jackie Robinson movie, 42. We'll get to that when we come back from the break on 720 WGN. We'll have a link to that website in our show notes so you can check it out that way, too. Now, back in January, Pringles launched a 
Forces Fun Contest, allowing fans to submit their ideas for a commercial featuring Yoda or Vader with a deadline of January 21st. We'll have a link to a few of the entries by 501st Legion members in our show notes. Uh, the first is from Chris, SL4549, a Bloodfin garrison, who portrays a chip-hungry Dark Lord of the Sith in this, uh, finalist, as a finalist in the Pringles Force for Fun video competition. The next two are from, there's that guy again, Scott Allen. He keeps popping up. Um, <laughs> I had the opportunity to, to film a couple of these out here in Los Angeles. So uh, one called The Roommate was uh, with Darth Vader, which is quite funny if you don't ask me or do ask me. And then uh, one called Wookiee Mistake, I'll Let You Decide. <laughs> so it, from what I was reading, there were only seven finalists, and at least three of them were Legion members. I'm not sure if we've figured out yet um who had done the other entries, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was trying to take a look. I know one of our uh, other members here did one. I don't know if it was a finalist or not. I was waiting to hear from him. Um, I, I had actually done one other myself that they weren't a finalist, uh, but it's amazing to me how few people knew how to get a hold of characters, and uh, they just happened to be days when no one else was available. So I felt like I was hogging the, the limelight there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all for fun, and, and actually it's a, it's a great competition. The funny part about the whole thing was that the rules specifically stated that the Star Wars characters could not touch the Pringles in any way or interact directly with them. So therein was sort of the hard part for all of the uh, the filmmakers to try to figure out how to make something really fun without having, you know, Darth Vader eating Pringles or Yoda touching them or whatever the case may be. So these are pretty creative things, I must say. Cool. Now, back in the beginning of April, while Florida Garrison members were on patrol at the Orlando Science Center for the Where Science Meets Imagination exhibit, which, by the way, has since moved to Indiana State Museum in Indianapolis, uh, they were able to assist a mission of galactic importance when one fan presented his true love with a Sith hologram. And what lied within? An engagement ring. So check out the link to the full video from the Orlando Science Center's YouTube channel in our show notes. It was very cute. Awesome. And she said yes, by the way. You know, just so I can spoil it before you go and check the YouTube video out. Right. Did he have to open it like one of those Chinese puzzle boxes, though, and figure out which way to... <laughs> <laughs> no, he just uh, he just kind of held it up and she opened it. Oh, dang it. Oh, that's so easy. <laughs> Hello, this is Trey Stokes, the creator of the Pink Five Saga, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Mission Reports. Planet Comic Con is Kansas City, Missouri's largest convention, and it took place this past April 6th and 7th to tremendous success. Several members of 70th Explorers Garrison were on hand, and with the help of their counterparts at the Rebel Legion, the Dark Empire, Mandalorian Mercs, and R2 Builders Club, over $1,000 was raised for charity, primarily through their jail and bail activity. We'll have a link to a big slideshow of photos in our show notes. Thanks to Gregory, RC10423, for that report. Now, on Saturday, April 10th, Carolina Garrison and the one and only R2KT paid a visit to Richard, a special little boy in Columbia, South Carolina, who's been battling the same pontine glioma that Katie Johnson had. The appearance took place at a horse show fundraiser and was very low-key, with kids riding horses around a small outdoor arena, uh, friends and family and supporters joining in. Richard's chair was wheeled over as they unveiled R2KT, and the troopers marched over to the arena. As Richard is in the final stages of the disease, he is wheelchair-bound and has difficulty communicating and controlling his movements, but he orientated well to the sight of the costumed characters and the droid. 
He eagerly took the gift bag that the garrison prepared for him and immediately wanted to wear the 501st cap and the lanyard. Of course, if only there was a con he could attend. Also, in the gift bag were t-shirts, caps, lanyards, some 501st action figures, trading cards, a Carolina Garrison challenge coin, uh, 501st and R2KT patches, and autographs by Daniel Logan and Pam Rose. Plus, some goodies for Richard's sister, Reagan. His mom assured the troopers that the thumbs up he gave and giving up his sippy cup was a sure sign that he loved the visit and the gifts. The next couple of hours were spent entertaining the kids who were there posing for pictures. Unfortunately, Richard couldn't really participate in the event much more than the first brief meeting, but his mother assured us that the visit was a big hit and he really appreciated the show of support from the Star Wars fans and the Legion. After the troop, everyone headed over to Albin's house to work on the Legion Lego Diorama project. They were all able to uh, get the spectator figures glued to the stands and began decorating the stands with flower pieces. Albin relates that it was a lot of fun just hanging out in the man cave with my Legion brothers and getting some work done on the project before it ships to Celebration Europe 2. My thanks to everyone who was there at this event that had held a special place in my heart uh, due to Richard's condition. So God bless. We'll have links in our show notes to Richard's Facebook page, R2KT's page, and the Lego Diorama Project page. Speaking of which... Albin reported today, uh, well, May 14th, that the final pieces were placed on the Naboo float, so the diorama is now ready to be crated up and shipped to Germany for its debut at Celebration Europe 2. Awesome. Yeah, I've been watching the Facebook page and all the pictures as they get all the pieces together. Right. So cool. It's actually going to be really quite a thing to see that all put together, because uh, I, I love all the photos that he's put up on his pages. Yeah. So, on April 12th, recruits to our Russian outpost, along with Russian Rebel Legion members and recruits, appeared at their first public trooping event during the Russian National Awards Ceremony, which is ironically called the Georges. You like the tie-in there? Yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, their mission was to mingle among the guests during the opening and deliver awards to the stage during the ceremony itself. Although they didn't get a lot of attention as most people were focused on getting a glimpse of the Russian actors and celebrities attending the awards ceremony. But they did meet Russian Disney top manager and he immediately recognized them and said, ah, the 501st. So the award committee generously donated 5,000 rubles, which is about 160 U.S. dollars, to the Advita Charity Fund. We'll have a link to a picture from the event in our show notes. And thanks to Aliona, SL10010, for that report. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good for their first. I mean, I think it's their second public event. Right. But the first really, I guess, high profile is what we would right. call them, event. And again, it's it's always great to hear that, like this, you know, uh, somebody steps up and goes, ah, the 501st. It's like we're, yeah. we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, continuing on, on April 26th, three members from Garrison Corita helped the Make-A-Wish chapter for Greater Pennsylvania and Southwest Virginia present young Trevin with his Star Wars wish. A trip to Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios during the Star Wars weekend at the Erie Waffles and Wishes breakfast. So take a listen to part of the presentation now. Thanks to 
to the full video in our show notes. Star Garrison had the honor of being requested to stand guard as our friend and honorary 501st Legion member Richard LaParmentier was laid to rest in Austin, Texas. The service was filled with many anecdotes about a wonderful man's life, and there was more than one reference to Admiral Mahdi's experience with Lord Vader. At the end of the service, Garrison XO William ID 9076 presented the family with an imperial flag and then all the troopers escorted the family out. There was also an imperial flag and a 501st Legion patch placed on Richard's coffin, which the family said would be buried with him. We'll have a link to a photo of TK4796 and TK42170 standing vigil in our show notes. Thanks to Jason, TK4796, for that report. We're really going to miss that guy. Indeed. Members of the 501st Chinese Garrison were invited by Lucasfilm to uh, be present at the ILM BaseFX booth to help with the promotion event at the 3rd Beijing International Film Festival. The event was held at the China National Conference Center. The 501st promotion activities at the booth attracted a lot of Chinese and international film and media professionals, and the ILM BaseFX booth was frequently highlighted by flashlights. Kathleen Kennedy, the CEO of Lucasfilm, also visited the booth and chatted with the 501st members, who were honored to have group photos taken with Ms. Kennedy. She thanked them for appearing at the event and sent her greetings to all the Star Wars fans in China. Garrison members were also invited to attend an evening party after the event. The first ever official event with Lucasfilm was a great success, and the garrison would like to thank Mary Franklin from Lucasfilm, who invited and coordinated with the garrison to be at this memorable event. So we'll have a link to the photo with Miss Kennedy in our show notes. And thanks to E. Zhang, BH5355, for that report. The 501st Legion's Midwest garrison invaded the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo for the fourth year in a row, from April 26th through 28th and helped make it the biggest C2E2 ever. The troopers of Midwest Garrison were joined by reinforcements from several other units of the Legion. Wisconsin, Bloodfin, Great Lakes, Northern Darkness, Central, Star, and Mountain Garrisons, marking the widest participation by the Legion at C2E2 since the con launched in 2010. At the convention, Midwest Garrison also joined forces with the Rebel Legion's Narshada base, the Mandalorian Merc's Nexu clan, the Jedi Assembly, the Dark Empire, and Sandtroopers.com to distribute information about vasculitis and raise more than $750 in donations to support the Vasculitis Foundation. Midwest also presented a successful Q&A panel on the 501st Legion and ran a droid hunt, which gave away more than $1,500 in prizes from sponsors like DK and Delray Publishers, Sideshow Collectibles, and Hasbro Toys. But the biggest activity that Legion contributed to the show was by far the Imperial Academy. The Academy is an interactive obstacle course where kids take on the roles of Stormtrooper cadets while Legion members act as their drill sergeants. After being issued accurate child-sized helmets, the cadets tested their accuracy with Nerf blasters and thermal detonators, 
hunted for the stolen Death Star plans in a trash compactor full of space garbage and dodged nerf darts being fired at them by our members as they raced to get the recovered plans across the finish line. Scores of cadets went through the academy over the course of the weekend, and each one walked away with an official certificate proclaiming them to be an honorary Imperial cadet. They had a smile on their face and a renewed love of Star Wars in their heart. It was definitely an experience to remember. C2E2 is rapidly on its way to becoming the most popular pop culture convention in the Midwest U.S., and Midwest Garrison and the 501st Legion will certainly be there again next year to make it even bigger and better. Thanks to Legion PRO and Midwest CO, Brian, TB8968, for that report. i got to hand it to the Legion, man. Well, they always have such great ideas for events for kids. You know, uh, I, I, you know, it's not like uh, the Rebel Legion where we just do Jedi training with lightsabers. Ah, lightsabers. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Rebels. We love you. Uh, but th- this is fantastic. Put the little helmets on the kids and having them run through the course and dodging nerf darts and whatever else. What a what a fun event. Uh, yeah, it reminds me. Wasn't there like a show? What is it, like gladiators or right? That's what I'm. Something? That's what I'm envisioning is like uh, the gladiators with children. <laughs> oh, but the kids had to have loved it to be shot at by stormtroopers. Yeah, come on. Who, who, who wouldn't, <laughs> right? I know. Well, on April 27th, thanks to two troopers from our Ecuador outpost and members of the Star Wars Fan Club of Ecuador, a little imperial help was provided to Teco's fundraising campaign. Teco's goal is to show that poverty can be overcome if society as a whole recognizes that it's a priority and an issue and actively works to resolve it. They're a non-governmental organization with presence in most of Latin America and Caribbean countries. They help fight poverty by building houses for poor people with volunteer manpower. The purpose of the particular fundraiser was to raise money for purchasing building materials. So our Costa Rica outpost is hoping to help Teco with their fundraiser in Costa Rica next month as well. We'll have a link to the photo from this event in our show notes. And thanks to Victor, TK2760, for that report. Our Alabama garrison was asked to attend 10-year-old Jackson's no-mo-chemo party on May 2nd at the request of Jackson himself, who wished to have the Star Wars people at his party. Jackson was actually receiving his very last dose of chemo while they were there. So while the Legion members were waiting, they took pictures with numerous staff members. When it was time to walk in and surprise Jackson, it was a priceless gift to Legion members to see his face light up, and they were thrilled to be able to make his day. They presented him with a Darth Vader backpack that had some items inside that each member donated. Legion members had a great time visiting with Jackson and his family, and the St. Jude staff at Huntsville Hospital was awesome. Overall, a great reminder to the garrison members of why we do this. We'll have a link to photos from the visit in our show notes. And thanks to Julie TI5384 for that report. I like the title of that event, No Mo Chemo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Must have been an awesome thing for that little kid. Definitely. In another uh, Unless You Were Hiding in a Cave example, earlier this month, was the convergence of Free Comic Book Day and International May the 4th Be With You Star Wars Day, which has kept our Legion members hopping. Five members of Empire City Garrison and a member of Rebel Legion's Echo Base attended Free Comic Book Day at Grasshopper's Comics in Long Island, New York. The event was well attended with a steady stream of kids and adults throughout the day. It was a fabulous afternoon to hang outside the store, taking photos, handing out citations. I don't know if you've seen the little imperial citations we give out, but uh, attracting more people to the event. The store was very happy to have the 501st Legion there and treated our troopers very well. In fact, 
The store will be hosting a charity event this December, and the ECG hopes to return again to support it. So we'll have a link to a photo from that day in our show notes as well. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. A Canadian garrison husband-wife duo spent free comic book day at Multizone in Gatineau, Quebec. They, too, had gorgeous weather, which attracted a lot of people to come to the store, partake of the free comics, and get their photo taken with Jodo Cast, an Imperial Royal Guard. We'll have a photo from their troop in the show notes as well. Thanks to Jean Sebastian, uh, TB1235, for that report. On May 3rd, Grantland published a video to celebrate May the 4th titled Serious Star Wars Fans, A Day with the 501st Legion. So take a listen here. Dr. Michael Bender, uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy and proud member of the 501st Legion. My name is Dean Amstutz, TK2643 with the Southern California Garrison of the 501st Legion. I am TK5703 and also TX5703. I'm uh, TK7328. My first love uh, is the Stormtrooper. The Shadow Stormtrooper, most of all. Captain Rex is my most recent. My character, her name is Bo-Katan, and she's a, um, a Mandalorian warrior. The main character that I have is Darth Vader. I am Scott Allen. I'm the uh, commanding officer of the Southern California Garrison of the 501st Legion. Well, the 501st Legion is uh, basically it's a professional costuming organization based on the costumes of Star Wars. You are actually talking about a worldwide uh, legion of people. We have members in every country of every continent. I am the executive officer of the 1st Imperial Stormtrooper Detachment. To join the 501st Legion, there's a few things that you have to do. You want to make sure that the quality of their costume is definitely up to par. And then once that gets approved, you're a member. You get a TK number and you're good to go. This is a Stormtrooper kit. Uh, it's molded off a, a screen-used kit. Uh, basically, it's vacuum-formed ABS plastic. Um, and it takes a lot of work to uh, put it together and trim it and add a strapping system uh, and get it all sized perfectly to your body because that's one of the things about the 501st Legion is the costume has to be screen accurate. You can't go out and buy our costumes in the store. You can't get them at a Halloween shop or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, they're made specifically to fit the individual members to uh, replicate what was used in the movies. It's literally being transformed into the character. I mean, you really feel like you're a stormtrooper when you put this thing on. Typically, you're gonna, they're going to think of, of a Star Wars fan as the guy lives in his mom's basement, you know, and, and we're not. Guys, girls, nerds, you know, professionals, you have them all. I think people were um, kind of very surprised to see maybe somebody like me being a big part of the 501st and, you know, going to these different events and hanging out with these, with these people that dress up as uh, Star Wars characters. My costume is so much more interesting than I am. Because you'll put on a costume, you'll go out there, and you're, you're making friends and waving and high-fiving people. And then, you know, later on in the day, you de-suit, and you're walking around, and you see the same people. You're like, hey! They're like, oh, that's right, they don't know who I am. May the 4th is the fan-created International Star Wars Day. May the 4th is, uh, you know, a Star Wars holiday. It's where everybody can get together and celebrate their fandom together. We're all Star Wars fans, uh, usually from very young age. I think all of us wanted to be at some level a stormtrooper when we were little kids. So this is kind of a dream come true for us. Well, we're pushing for a national holiday, right? Come on. Right? Let's get another day off. 
May the fourth be with you. 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 Yeah. You know, that guy keeps showing up in this show, man. Scott Allen? I know. What is a that? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it. I'm going to have to talk to his agent. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm kidding. I, anyway, we'll have a link uh, in our show notes to that full interview as well. Also, during the weekend of May 4th, plus uh, sort of cascading over to Revenge of the Fifth, uh, in Queensland, Australia, the annual Dreamworld event for Redback Garrison was a success once again. This was the fourth year in a row they've appeared at the park, and the event, which supports the Starlight Children's Foundation, has been getting bigger and better each year. This year, there were over 120 characters from the 501st Legion, Rebel Legion, Galactic Academy, and for the first year, Mandalorian Mercs. All of the Australian 501st units were represented, and troopers down under are hoping next year the event will draw troopers from all over the world. They had three backdrops set up for photo ops, plus they also hosted many events throughout the day, like a Jedi Academy, the chance to witness a trooper feed a 2.5-meter-long crocodile, and a daily midday parade. So we'll have a link to a video featuring a Jedi versus Sith duel in our show notes. And thanks to Adam, TX3409, for that report. <laughs> My question is, does the trooper still have his arm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So in Los Angeles, California, at the Egyptian Theater, uh, Lucasfilms and Entertainment Weekly did a special premiere event showing Return of the Jedi uh, for the first time at the same theater it originally premiered in Los Angeles back in 1980. Uh-oh. Three? <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah. God, you. my goodness. What kind of a Star Wars fan are you? Uh, back oh. in 1983, uh, we had the Southern California garrison on hand to have troopers there. We had the sideshow collectible Jabba the Hutt figure here for photo ops. Uh, Darth Vader was in, in appearance. There were troopers throughout the day. We had a, a lot of uh, Star Wars personalities. Uh, almost the entire cast of the Clone Wars uh, attended the uh, original or the first showing of the morning, along with people from you know Lucasfilms and Entertainment Weekly. So it was quite an event. And uh, later in the day, Mark Hamill himself actually made a special appearance and came to one of the shows and talked before the uh, the screening a little bit about uh, you know the the being in the Star Wars films, of course, and a little bit of information about the uh, pending Episode Seven. And uh, we'll try to put some links to photos in the show notes from that event and see if we can't find the uh, video from Mark Hamill talking a little bit about uh, what's happening towards Episode Seven. Very nice. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a crazy sort of uh, last-minute event, but for a May the 4th uh, event, it was pretty awesome. Definitely. Well, the Costa Rica outpost invaded Cine Expo on May 11th. More than 10 outpost members, plus some uh, support from the Rebel Legion counterparts, ran a large booth display at the event. The Expo presented updates and teasers from several major film studios on some of the most anticipated movie premieres for the next couple of years. Plus, there were plenty of fellow customers, displays of toys and collectibles and dealer tables, etc. So we'll have a link to the helmet display at the Outpost booth in our show notes. And thanks to uh, Outpost PR officer Rodolfo, ID 6585, for that report. This time last year, Capital City Garrison was proud to announce that with the aid of their allies at the Rebel Legion Canadian base, they raised $6,800 at the first annual Ottawa Comic Con. Well, this year, Garrison CO Luke, SL1320, had a vision to bring the Legion experience of Star Wars Celebration 6 to Ottawa. 
It was ambitious, and the obstacles to success were countless. Budgets, suitable workspace, and available labor were all issues that had to be addressed. But through his leadership and the hard work of a handful of Garrison and Rebel Legion members, the CCG booth space, which went from a 10 by 40 booth in 2012 to a 40 by 60 booth this year, began to take shape. It shouldn't have worked. The winter lasted longer than normal, anticipated sponsors declined involvement, and normally eager volunteers were unavailable to work on the booth. However, through a core team of members forming the OCC Booth Committee, sponsors were acquired, paint and build teams drafted, suitable workspaces secured, and most importantly, spirits buoyed to take on this task. When erected, the booth was an awesome sight. It was like a museum installation. In fact, members of the public asked if it was a satellite display of Star Wars identities that was opening in Ottawa on the very same weekend. So we'll have a link to photos of the booth area in our show notes. But to give you a brief overview, uh, along the back row of it, there were kind of these um, faux lockers that had uh, two sections with the helmet and then the torso section of probably about eight different costumes from between both legions. And since these lockers actually held the active costumes of members, costumes that were going to be worn over the three-day weekend, there was always something new to be seen by the public, encouraging them to return to the booth multiple times to see what was going to be in the locker area next. Then uh, down past the end of the locker area was their photo booth and their prize draw area. And when marquee characters like Vader, Fett, Maul, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2 were in that photo booth, the line was solid and the donations were excellent. It was just $5 a photo was all that was requested, but 20s and even 50s were being dropped into the donation bucket frequently. The blaster range was at the very end of the booth, keeping our shiny armored members busy dodging and weaving a flurry of nerf darts. An estimated 80 people participated in the booth, most in costume, some as handlers, some as photographers, but all of them were part of the CCG team. Even David Prouse, our honorary leader of the 501st Legion, came by to inspect the booth and gave his approval. And later on, Saturday night, he joined the garrison for their con bash dinner. He was described by members as very approachable and entertaining. And not a single so, trooper was joked. <laughs> well, that was good. <laughs> so at the end of this three-day weekend that saw support from members of Canadian Garrison, Canadian Garrison's Fortress Imperial Squad, Badlands Garrison, and strong support from the Rebel Legion, the weekend was an astounding success. Through the blaster range, photo booth, and prize draws, more than $10,600 was raised for Make-A-Wish, more than enough to fulfill one child's wish. So well done, Capital City Garrison and all those who participated in the Legion experience at Ottawa Comic-Con. Thanks to former Garrison PR officer, now Garrison XO, Andy, SL9223. And we'll also have a link to a sort of a tongue-in-cheek recruitment video that Capital City Garrison has made up. So be sure to check out that in our show notes. <laughs> I have to say, again, uh, Garrison CO Luke, SL1320, what an amazing job. That is uh, one of the best mission reports I think I've ever heard. Yeah. that I mean, it really did look like something, like a mini version. Yeah. Of celebration uh, I was stuff. just looking at the photos while you were reading because I was like, well, wait a second. Why haven't I seen this yet? And uh, I'm uh, – it's really impressive. Uh, awesome job, guys. Awesome. 
Well, uh, as we mentioned last month, uh, how 501st Legion members were going to descend upon the Long Beach Comic Con in California and how Stephen Stanton uh, was once again going to host an exclusive screening of the complete Pink Five saga. Also at the con, uh, members of the Southern California Garrison uh, proudly inducted T.C. Carson, the voice of Mace Windu on the Star Wars The Clone Wars, as an honorary member of the Legion. Uh, let's see. What other things happen? So what other neat and interesting things happen? Yeah. Well, uh, we we also uh, officially inducted uh, Amy Earhart, who is the star of the Pink Five saga, uh, which uh, we'll probably have some information to in our show notes. Uh, and we're also going to be talking with uh, Trey Stokes momentarily about that, uh, that screening and what's going on with Pink Five for those people that don't know it. The other thing that happened is... Uh, the Southern California garrison uh, recently was able to make a, if I may say so myself, fairly amazing uh, backdrop that looks just like the Death Star hallway. So we had five separate panels that we put up as a display to take photos at our photo booth this year. And uh, the images that we've been seeing popping up on Facebook and everything are quite amazing. We uh, did a little bit of a charity fundraiser, uh, but it was a little impromptu because we mostly wanted to try out the new backdrop. Uh, I was a little anxious in wanting to get it done. Everyone was like, no, let's wait until the two-day con in September, October. I was like, no, do it now. <laughs> so, so, but that's my role as CEO. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, I, I couldn't be happier with the way it turned out. We had a ton of troopers on hand. The con was actually more packed than it has been. It's just a one-day expo to kind of get people excited for the two-day con later this year. And it was so packed that we actually almost didn't have room to try to do any fundraising. Uh, but the photos that uh, we were able to get of our backdrop and of a lot of the attendees and even some of our own members uh, really turned out terrific. So it was very exciting. And um, we also had a chance to, again, screen Pink 5, which uh, we're going to talk about now, I think. Sure. For some reason, I had thought... who. So who was inducted at Alcon? I'm getting all these Pink Five people. Yeah. Was it just Trey? Well, so it was. It was. We inducted Trey officially because he was there, and we did sort of a uh, honorary induction for Amy, but she wasn't gotcha. there to accept it. Gotcha. So okay. because she could make it to this one, she had just had a baby, so she was there, and we went ahead and inducted her officially. Gotcha. All right. So up next, speaking of Pink Five. <laughs> And today we have a very special guest with us. We have uh, Trey Stokes, the writer, producer, director of the Pink Five series, uh, who's joining us on the podcast. Hello, Trey. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. I brought a clip. <laughs> well, let's show it now. Roll the film. Yeah. There'll be a five-minute pause <laughs> while you watch this. Yeah. We'll watch and laugh in the background. Uh, so, so. Um, before we talk Pink Five, I wanted to let the listeners know a little bit about you, Trey Stokes. Oh, um, go ahead. I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> go on. I, 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 that caught me off guard, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people tell me who I am. I, I, it's, it's, I never get tired of it. Born in the year 19... No. Uh, 
so so uh, just if you don't mind, give us a little give us a little intro to uh, sort of. I know that you um, you've you've worked on uh, a couple of different films. You were sort of in I think the special effects industry. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were going to do the intro. I have to do the intro. I have to do it myself. Oh, you've done that. You've done an intro. At, you've 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 been the host of several live screenings of Pink Five. You've done. You know my resume better than me. I. My gosh, man! I can't say everything. Oh, all right. Um, yes, I was, uh, and I guess maybe still am a little bit in the uh, visual effects industry. That, for the most part, that's that's been the bulk of my career. Is uh, uh, started in old school creature effects when we used to make things out of rubber and uh, did movies uh, in that world and then segued fairly early on into uh, digital you know what we call digital now uh, creature animation and CG and uh, did that for a while and uh, and now I, I get back into it sometimes um, but it's not my it's not my regular occupation anymore um, nowadays I'm doing a little more writing and directing is kind of kind of more my main thing excellent so so uh, now you can tell me if I'm I'm not supposed to know these things or we don't want to talk about them because they have bad memories. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what, when I when I fall over and start to whimper, you'll know you. Hit you don't bring that one up ever again. <laughs> the why, dreams, why? still the dreams come. I have the dreams every night. No, go ahead. If I have a flashback, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll warn you. <laughs> you just let us know. Now there, there's one. There's one landmine in there that uh, we'll see if you hit it. Oh yeah, I hope not. Uh, so so I know uh, that you. You uh, were sort of like a special guest, uh, alien-esque creature on Star Trek. Also, that yeah, that happened. So, yes, so uh, what was what was kind of story behind that? How did that come to be? That well, strangely enough, there was a, there's a Pink Five connection to that. Um, the original the original Pink Five, which came out you know in the in the late seventies. The original Pink Five had, uh, you know, been on, been online, won the Adam Film Contest, and Pink Five Strikes Back had also uh, been made right around that time, as I recall. Um, I literally got an email based from our website, our Pink Five website, from uh, a fellow who was an associate producer at Star Trek. It was Star Trek Enterprise was the current series at the time. And uh, he actually was looking for Amy, um, which is – I used to get a lot of those emails, people wanting to know where, where to get in touch with Amy. And uh, – you know, I love getting those emails. And uh, but because he wanted, he wanted to. He thought she was good in the Pink Five movies, and wanted to see if she wanted to audition for a role in on Enterprise. Um, so uh, I said, uh, sure, I'll ask. But I think probably, she, probably so. And uh, which she did. She didn't get the role, but um, they uh, because the guy, his name's Terry. He was a is was a fan of. Pink Five, um, and we, we both met him, and he said, well, would you guys like to be extras? So we said, sure. And so uh, Amy became a Vulcan, and I became a Tellarite <laughs> on, on two episodes of, uh, of Star Trek Enterprise, which, uh, so there's the weird irony, is we did a Star Wars fan film, and that immediately led to employment in Star Trek. Deja vu. <laughs> Makes perfect sense when you think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. I love so we get to be. Like if you look that. at it's the last, it's the second and third to last episodes of Enterprise. The the very last episode was the you know a different thing, but it's a two part episode. It's about the, uh, if I may talk about Star Trek on your podcast, but it's about the uh, <laughs> formation of the Federation of Planets, and so there's all these aliens having a big uh, United Nationy meeting, and there's Vulcans and Tellarites, and and Amy and I are among them. So if you watch that episode, I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the second and third to last episodes of Enterprise. Um, if you look in the background of what's actually happening on screen, you'll see a Tellarite um, arguing with a Vulcan a lot. 
um, <laughs> because they put us together, and so we were very combative. You know, clearly we had a lot of uh, issues to work out. So you'll see you'll see a Vulcan and a, and a Tellarite in the background of many shots, blatantly trying to steal focus. Uh, and that way, you can actually recognize Amy. You can't recognize me so much, but you can you can recognize Amy as a Vulcan. That's awesome. Well, we're going to grab a photo of that and put it up on our podcast site. Well, by all means, I believe you can get one pretty easily from Memory Alpha, the uh, the Star Trek Wiki site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, so so I guess that'll segue me into the Pink Five a little bit more. Yeah. People are like, well, I don't want to understand. And who's this Amy? So <laughs> yeah. Well, why is it pink? I didn't. Why is it five? I don't know. Back into the whole topic. Yeah. So obviously, uh, 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 Pink Five came about because of a I don't know. Is it a love of Star Wars? A fascination of Star Wars? Uh, you yeah, could stop laughing. Uh, what's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on on my part, yeah, um, not not so much on Amy's. There's our dark secret, but um, yeah, I Amy and I were um, Amy Amy Earhart. I suppose we should give her a full name. Um, mm-hmm. Amy Earhart and I were uh, had been doing little short videos together. It was this was in 2001, 2002, um, very early fledgling days of online video, very primitive at the time, and uh, home video, you know, DV video and all that in general, and home editing and all that was just starting to become viable. So. And we just we met and we started to just make literally a hundred, I think, or so little videos we made that, you know, no one would ever want to see and rightly so. But one of the many that we made uh, just because a friend of mine had a helmet, um, a friend of mine had this fighter pilot helmet. And I said, "Ooh, cool prop. Um, We should do something with that. And I I just came up with this idea of a female X-wing pilot. And uh, just gave her give us an excuse to use the helmet for something. <laughs> and uh, because of my lifelong fascination with Star Wars, uh, you know, it was pretty easy to come up with a with a concept for a female X-wing pilot. And I wrote a little five minute sketch, you know, about five pages long, and we shot it one afternoon. And who knew? I love the way that that worked out. Now, Stacy, for anyone who hasn't seen it, in my opinion, is a little bit. The uh, Valley Girl, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> was there yeah. was there uh, was the, was there uh, some uh, sort of not fascination, but you know, obviously, I, I feel like you know you, you had seen perhaps that movie, or you know, living out here in Los Angeles, you probably were uh, affected by that uh, speak in the uh, '80s and '90s. Well, I you know I, I guess maybe other people in other parts of the country don't realize it, but we talk like that here. That's, <laughs> well. that's how that's not a character. That's that's who we are. We're like that. That's that's our dialect. And uh, so, um, yeah, I'm not actually native from here, but uh, you know, like I can pass as one. And 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 the the reason the real the, the real reason that the character I made the character was Valley Girl is because I pretty much came to realize after moving to Los Angeles, um, which was long after I first saw. Star Wars, um, that Luke Skywalker is a, just a valley dude. You know, he, he's he's a he's right off of Van Nuys Boulevard. He should be riding a skateboard down Van Nuys Boulevard, you know, <laughs> on his way to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. So, so I said, well, if there's valley dudes in Star Wars, there's got to be a valley girl out there somewhere. So that was basically where the idea for the character came from. Is she's the she's just the female version of Luke Skywalker. Is all that is. Absolutely. No, it's, it actually works so well. I mean, uh, I still laugh every time I watch the films, and that's not a plug by any means, dang it. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like one. <laughs> I really no, I really enjoy them. Uh, we just did a screening again at the uh, yeah. the Long Beach Comic Expo in in uh, Long Beach uh, yep. this last weekend, and uh, it went off really well. It was a nearly full house again. Uh, wow. People just uh, laughed, and I think they cried a little. A little uh, <laughs> hopefully, we did our jobs right. Yeah. So so the Pink Five now. So I guess the the first one came out around 2002 2003, and I know that right. Pink Five, the original one, was uh, the winner of the George Lucas Select Award, which was yes. a big deal back then, right? Yeah, it was very big. Um, at the time, it was long before YouTube and things like that. There wasn't weren't a lot of sources for online video. There was basically a, a thing called Atom Film, right. and there was iFilm, which kind of still exists but is morphed into something else. But um, Adam and Adam Film had an official deal with Lucasfilm to do these what they called the Fan Movie Challenge, and uh, we entered that. We'd already made Pink Five. I, a lot of people think we made it for the ch- competition. We actually didn't. We found we made it and then found out there was a competition, and we said well, we should probably enter that. So uh, so we did and uh, didn't really think about it. And uh, next thing you know, we're you know nominees or whatever the the phase was, and we're online. And and so since Adam Film was one of the few destinations where you would go for online video, and they had the you know the big marquee value of it being the official Star Wars contest, um, we got. Um, a frightening number of views for for 2003 is when that was. Right. Uh, you know, numbers that wouldn't even you know get you a, a mention on YouTube now, but at the time were pretty spectacular. You say, yeah, some we got a million views on online, and you know that didn't seem possible at the time. But uh, thanks to thanks to the Lucasfilm, we did. Right. No, I, I remember hearing about that. And uh, I, I, I'll be, I'll be honest, I didn't probably see it back when it was actually online, but I had heard about it. And then when you did the next episodes, uh, Pink Five Strikes Back, I think it was, yeah. that's when the first time I had seen sort of the Pink Five series. Right. Um, and, and I know there was, uh, you know, the Pink Five Strikes Back and um, what was the next Return of Pink Five. Return of Pink Five. Yeah, Return of Pink Five. Which it was going. We have a joke at the end of Strikes Back, of course, where we say it's going to be called Revenge of Pink Five, but then we change it. <laughs> it's like if only yeah. You know, if you're if you're not a hardcore, you know, hit, if you don't get that joke, then you're not a real Star Wars fan. I mean, that's a that's an easy one. We have, we have much we have much deeper in jokes than that going on in our movies. Exactly, and and so again, for those people that haven't seen the the saga so far. Each one of the episodes sort of follows the original episodes of Star Wars. So, you know, A New yeah. Hope, Empire, and, and Return of the Jedi, and that's where Pink Five, Return of Pink Five, or Pink Five Strikes Back and Return of Pink Five kind of all came in together, and they play into the movies extremely well in my position, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, opinion, I guess I should say. Yes. Um, um, and, and so now uh, there, w- there was a, 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 a period of time where nothing happened, and then recently, suddenly, it was like, Time to make a time to make the last one. I know there was sort of a Kickstarter yes. thing that happened, and yeah, it was all about uh, this. Uh, you know, we we made we made um, we kept making them larger and more ambitious, uh, like you do, right? And uh, and and we get uh, Return of Big Five was intentionally was originally going to be one movie. It was just supposed to be the final installment. It's supposed to be just a trilogy, but Return of Big Five kept getting bigger and bigger, and that's. Um, a large part, uh, the blame for that goes to uh, the 501st 
tanks. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that in a second, how that happens. It's not a, it's not a bad thing, really. It's actually a good thing. But um, as, as a result of the, the projects getting bigger and bigger, more ambitious, you know, they got longer, they got they got more elaborate, they got harder to, to finish and do all the posts and more expensive, even though, uh, you know, they're for, for movies, they're pretty low budget, but for out of pocket, they're pretty high budget. Um, and we got two, we basically started, to, we, the last one, we, we broke it into installments, each of which is the, you know, longer than the other movies were already. Um, and we got two thirds of the last one done. And then uh, basically life intervened, unfortunately, as it does, right. um, you know, in things like a global economic collapse and other things you might have read about. Yeah. And uh, and so we had to put the last the, the last part on hold um, for a while. But then suddenly last year, uh, really, the this Kickstarter became, you know, a thing, a viable thing. Right. And. Uh, and online video, obviously, in the meantime, had grown up, and and uh, was there was no there's no barrier to putting your video online anymore. So it wasn't a question of what do we do with it when we're done. We just have to finish it. So we we basically started a Kickstarter to see if uh, people still remembered we existed. You know um, <laughs> that we you know that, remember we never did finish that uh, saga. We, 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 <laughs> right. We're thinking of finishing it if you if you still care, and uh, started to get the word out. And uh, you know and part part of the you know a lot of the what the the help that we got from that was of course uh we should it's time to plug Steve Stanton who yes. um Steve Stanton who I worked with way back when who had uh in visual effects but then he'd gone on to become quite a, a noted uh voiceover actor predominantly is what he's known for now. Obviously he's now done including Clone Wars, you know, he's become right. an official Lucasfilm voice actor. Um so I told him since he was in our earlier films, I said, Hey Steve, by the way, just FYI, we're we're thinking of doing a Kickstarter and he and his uh, managers, whom I think you know Yes. <laughs> Dutch and Cannon. Uh, they said, Well let's get that done and so they, they threw their shoulder to the wheel to help get the word out and then that's when it really took off. So we had a successful Kickstarter program and we got uh, we got the funding we needed and uh, and we we shot the we finally shot the final installment, and we're finishing up the post now. And I think actually you were a little bit involved in there at some point, weren't you? Apparently, that's what I've heard. Yes, I think <laughs> you were one of our backers, and I think you're yeah. even in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's a little something. In a there. little something of you in there a couple times. Um, so uh, and so, where we are is right at this moment is where we just as you said we had a test screening. We've got the we've got the final chapter assembled um and we're having test screenings just like you do with uh with any other movie we we put it in front of a live audience and see if it's actually working and if they're laughing in the right places and so on so right. we've done a couple of test screenings and we had a very successful one last weekend and i think we know what we need to know and and so we're going to do the final little tweaks and call her done yeah awesome now uh do you have any sort of a plan yet uh like a, a i know there had been talk about doing a premiere to sort of make it official has anything come out of that yet any planned dates or not so much yet? Nothing we can say yet. It's okay. still we're still in the discussing phase. Um, uh, about you know we have some ideas about how we'd want to go about that. Um, as far as a local one here in Los Angeles, because obviously our most of our all of our cast and crew comes from here. Um, we're also looking at uh, we have a, a the next convention appearance we have currently scheduled is Space City Con in Houston okay. on August second, August second through the fourth that weekend. I don't know what day we're actually showing it yet. I don't know, but um, we're looking at that as. Um, Unless we do it ourselves earlier, August second through fourth at Space City Con will be the the debut of the completed 
finished version. Oh. And either either shortly before that or sometime after that is when we'll have our you know our local Los Angeles debut. But we haven't we haven't finalized the details on that yet. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Everybody well, gets to come out for that. Yeah, yeah. So we want to definitely keep an eye out for, uh, you know, the uh, the final saga. I know once uh, once you've finished up the, that last episode, I guess, then there'll, there's the opportunity to uh, eventually be able to see the entire thing, whether it's yes. uh, DVD or Blu-ray or super uh, holographic ray at that point. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever they may have invented uh, by that point, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we... Over the, just over the course of producing the, the movies we have, the world switched from, from DV to HD. You know, HD right. became the standard. Um, right. A lot of people are asking, well, why don't you put it online in HD? It's like, it's not, it's not in HD. <laughs> we, right. we, who had HD when we started making these things? It was, it was, now it's, you know, you have it in your phone, but uh, not, not in those days. Right. Well, this is uh, this is really great stuff. So um, we're we're gonna keep taking a look out for the the final saga for Pink Five. And again, you know, we just had Stephen Stanton on the show uh, last month. I think it was. Uh, we oh, talked okay. all about the Clone Wars and you know the Tarkin arc and things like that, and a little bit about Pink Five as well. And uh, you know, he was uh, Ben Kenobi and the Emperor uh, in Pink yes, Five. Yes, he was. And uh, you know, it was a good time. And um, so we're, we're we're anxiously awaiting. The finality of Pink Five. Yes, and well, as as are we. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, um, but since I said I would, since I mentioned it, um, do I, can I take a few minutes just to uh, do the do the 501st plug that I was talking about there? Oh, uh, absolutely. Without whom, none of this would have been necessary. Absolutely. Um, the uh, just just uh, because it really was it really was an amazing. Um, snowball effect that uh, that happened that we certainly didn't anticipate is as i said we we made the first one it was the first one literally the first original pink five the five minute beginning was was literally me and amy in a room that was it there was no crew there was no nothing you know she was in front of the camera and i operated the camera and i that was it um and you know we won this award and we got a million views and suddenly a lot of people you know all the star wars fans knew that there was this thing called pink five um then when the time came to talk about doing a sequel, because, you know, people always people kept asking to do a sequel. And, and we Amy and I were reluctant to do a sequel because it's like, well, what can we do as a sequel? We, you know, we, what we didn't want to do what we very specifically didn't want to do was another five minutes of Amy all by herself in front of a green screen saying funny stuff for another five minutes because, you know, we'd already done that. You know, that's that's what, that's like, you know, the seventh time you see the sketch on Saturday Night Live, you're like, okay, we, we get this one. We, please do another one. So we wanted to do something more elaborate, but we didn't know how to do that. So I, I think... To be honest, in honesty, I, I think I was approached by Mike Senna, who... Um, I know you are two builders. Yes, if you don't, yeah, I mean, obviously you know Mike. He's he's local. Um, Mike, if Mike is one of the foremost R2 builders, which is you know a subset of of uh, the whole fandom costuming world. Um, Absolutely. And I think he literally just sent me an email out of the blue saying, "Hey, if you ever do another one, I have this R2 unit." And I was like, "You have a what?" Well, now we're on to something. So, so I'm pretty sure he he just, uh, if anything, it's probably Mike Sennett's uh, fault or <laughs> whatever right. you want to characterize it, um, because he became our gateway to the 501st, you know, because he's a member. And, right. And he said, well, I said, well, what else is there that we could maybe get? And he was like, well, uh, well, you know, there's Darth Vader costumes and stormtroopers, and what do you need? And, you know, it became suddenly a kid in a candy store kind of a situation. So, so for Strikes Back, we branched 
out, we had an R2 unit. We had a, a full-on Darth Vader costume, and that suddenly we had all this production value, and that did well, too. So when it came time for Return of Pink 5, you know, we can't, <laughs> every, time, every time I would I would say, well, we can't possibly get X, it would show up. Someone had it. Right. Um, and so if you, when you see Return of Pink 5, you know, we've got a, we've got a Chewie and we've got a 3PO. Who has a 3PO? You guys have a 3PO. (laughs) You've got, you know, there's, there's five, you know, there's five 3PO's in the, in in the country and, you know, you can, this guy is available or, you know, however it worked. Um, so the, the more the 501st and, and the Rebel Legion and all the, you know, all those other groups got involved, the more opportunities we had to the point where we're, there came a day when I was in a redwood forest with, Eight stormtroopers and a Wookiee and a R2 unit and C3PO and rebel troopers shooting a movie. And I, I just, I had to, how did this happen? I don't even right. understand how this even happened. And uh, that was especially fun. We were actually went on location to the Redwood Forest and we're shooting this full on Star Wars, recreating the Battle of Endor, is what we're doing for right. Return of Pink Five. Um, the best part of that was. Um, it's a it's a state park. People, it was open. You right. know, they let they let us film there, but it wasn't like it was blocked off or anything. So people would come around the corner on the on the path, and there's Star Wars happening, and you know the Battle of Endor is happening in front of them. So that was seeing uh, seeing the tourist reaction to you know what was going on in the forest that day was actually the most fun of that whole shoot. It was Blue Harvest Part Two. It was totally well as as you know <laughs> we actually shot all of Pink Five of Return of, of Return of Pink Five under the title Pink Harvest. That's that's awesome. If you look, if you see our slates, if you see we had we had T-shirts, we had the whole thing. We're we're, we're totally hardcore. But um, but anyway, I'm, I'm just glad to be able to come on you know and and say hello Five O First. Thank you for um, helping us make that Pink Five because we literally could not have done it without you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Trey. This is this is good stuff to hear. We're going to have some uh, links in the show notes to uh, Pink 5, a couple of images, uh, the official website, and of course, uh, as things get wrapped up and the uh, final uh, version is completed, we'll be putting up notes about you know where that's going to premiere and or how people can see it eventually. Yes. Uh, but uh, Space City uh, Con looks like it'll be the next time we see it, and that is uh, August, again, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, I believe. That's the actual dates of the con. Yeah, yeah so sure what, are, one somewhere. of those dates it'll show, but we'll yeah. we'll be there. So yes, excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's completely appreciated taking your time. Um, thank you so much for for your help and support, of everybody. <laughs> excellent. Garrison Carita will be appearing at Wizard World Philly, which runs from May 30th to June 2nd. Check out the Garrison on Facebook at facebook.com slash 501st Garrison Carita to find out more details as we get closer to the con. Featured guests include Ray Park, James Marsters, William Shatner, Henry Winkler, and tons more. You can check out the con's website at www.wizardworld.com. And as we mentioned in the last episode, 501st Legion members are back on tour, so to speak, with a friend of the Legion, Weird Al Yankovic. We'll have a link to the video from the 70th Explorer's appearance at the April 19th concert in our show notes. And there's several more concerts coming up in June that 501st members will be taking the stage uh, for. Some of the confirmed stops include Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Michigan. And we'll have a link to the full tour in our show notes so you can see which concerts have confirmed 501st appearances uh, and the event listing on our Facebook page. 
The first Star Wars weekends at Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios is coming up this weekend. Yeah. So exciting, even though I'm not going. Oh, boo. But anyways, it's still exciting, <laughs> but... Well, they run through June 9th, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays only. The 501st Legion and Rebel Legion will, of course, once again be marching in the daily parades. And the full roster of celebrities has been posted. This year, you get to meet three different actors each weekend. Plus, our big girl, Roxy the Rancor, and our little girl, R2KT, will both be appearing for the first time at Disney's Star Wars Weekends this year. You can check out all the details at DisneyWorld.com slash Star Wars Weekends. Huzzah! I think there's supposed to be some, Great, something yeah. like that at the end. Hooray! Wait, what does Disney say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, all right. Coming up in July is the enormous Comic-Con, Comic-Con, Comic-Con International <laughs> in San Diego. Uh, it's in its 44th year. This uh, starts uh, with preview night on Wednesday, July 17th, and runs through July 21st. Uh, and the Course of the Force uh, relay starts up in Marin County, California, on July 9th, and winds all the way down to the front porch of Comic-Con by July 16th. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, 501st in involvement in the Course of the Force as well this year. We're going to have a link to an article on the StarWars.com called Super Troopers, the 501st Legion Makes Being a Trooper Look Good. Uh, right. Uh, so, not sure about the part where they say that, and I quote, they're going to be all over the show like Minox on a power cable. That's in a reference to uh, last weekend's Long Beach Comic Con, but still, it's you know, nice to get some online press. We'll have some details about Comic Con on future episodes of the 501st cast. And for more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. This episode's shout-out goes to our March 2013 Legion Trooper of the Month, Dennis Flotat, TK-7333 of the French Garrison. Dennis conceived and executed a new patch and coin database for use by Legion members around the world. His selfless sacrifice of time and energy for the benefit of all of the 501st brothers and sisters embodies the spirit of volunteerism that makes the Legion what it is today. Thank you, Dennis. Also being honored with nominations in March were Dan, TB7021 of the Dutch Garrison, who designed and laid out the Garrison's entire trading card set. Patrick, TK4594 of Garrison Tyrannus, who lent a helping hand in countless ways to fellow members and friends. And Bruce, TK51173 of the Redback Garrison, who negotiated and secured the donation of a trailer to transport the Garrison's props and sets. Every one of these troopers went above and beyond in their efforts to make the Legion and the world a little bit better place. And every one of them deserves our congratulations for jobs well done. So keep up the fantastic work, troops, and may the Force be with you. So for this episode, we're going to try a trivia question. See if we can get some participation from our listeners, and we'll give you a prize if you get the answer correct. So this episode, obviously, we talked to Trey Stokes who is uh, from the Pink 5 saga. So we thought maybe we'd do a, a Pink 5 trivia question. So whoever is first in correctly posting the answer in our show notes to this question will win a 501st cast 
patch as a prize. So here's the question. What was the name of Stacy's personal droid and which of the episodes did it appear in? Ooh, tricky. So there's your question. You know, just rewind on your player to listen to it again because I'm not going to repeat hey, it. Hey, hey, don't <laughs> give it away. <laughs> so um, post that in our show notes at 501st.com slash podcast, and maybe you'll win a patch. Maybe I'll even do the first two people who post. No, that wouldn't be fun. It has to be the first person or else the other person just copies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, I tried. Yeah. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of the Legion news while driving, sitting at the office, doing nothing, working out, you know, whatever it is. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501st Legion or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to twitter.com forward slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2013, Lucasfilm Limited, and trademark all rights reserved, used under authorization. Three, two, one. Also, a Canadian garrison husband-wife duo spent free comic book day at Multizone in... Uh-oh. <laughs> Get to know Quebec. Get to know? Okay. Quebec, I would have got. Get to know, I wasn't sure. And we're starting that one over. Three, two, one. Oh, hello. It's Trey Stokes, and you're listening to the 501st cast. But why? <laughs> Stop sucking on the helium, man. <laughs> <laughs>